Hello, it's day three of the official lockdown of the COVID-19 Creative Cabin cast. Um, cheers for listening. It's been quite well received so far as this. I hoped it would be because, let's face it, we've all got time on our hands and we're all sat indoors. So thank you for listening and please do spread the word. Um, we've had Craig Black and Kyla Paolucci so far. Kyla being illustrator slash designer at HBO in New York and Craig being up in Scotland, a designer and lettering specialist. Craig does a lot of speaking and uh, he's writing now some great stuff at the moment on you know helping creatives get through this time and survive as a business and, and flourish and all that good stuff. So it's been interesting. Um, so day three, like I said, I can't promise I'm going to keep this up every single day, but I've managed it for the first three days. So today I'm bringing you Rebecca Hendon, friend of mine who's an alumni on the show also and she's a brilliant political cartoonist working with the likes of New Statesman and The Guardian and she used to be the in-house illustrator at BuzzFeed so go back and check out her first episode where we talk about her career and her life and her journey to that point. If you want some backstory on Rebecca but I'm going to be checking in with her and we're going to be talking about a number of things in terms of how she's been struggling mentally with the whole COVID-19 lockdown and the fear and everything that comes with that and the hygiene side of things. Um, we're going to be addressing a lot of issues within that and looking at you know her work situation and what's going on there so cheers for checking in again i hope you're all doing well let me know how you're dealing with this any little tips and tricks i think are very appreciated and welcomed by the creative community at the moment um even any funny stories about you know what little habits you might have picked up on have you been hoovering the house three times over and um getting to know next door's cat there's a lot of stuff going around like that so how are you coping how are you getting on how's work what's the struggles what are the upsides of this and how are you going to behave moving forward let's get the conversation going hit me up at arrest or mimics on the twitter or the instagram or facebook we're on all the social channels um, so I'll look out for it. So cheers for everyone for the feedback so far. Craig Black was a popular episode. Um, these are very kindly supported by illustrationx.com and the Association of Illustrators, who you can find at the AOI.com. Illustration X being fantastic illustration agency, representing a whole lot of varying creatives from lettering specialists to editorial illustrators, fashion designers, live illustrators. They've got everything going on there in a big news section and they do a lot for the creative community. So cheers for those two for getting behind this little project. So, yeah, we've got Nick Asbury coming up, who's a, a writer and he works with the likes of DNAD and Studio Sutherland um, for creative copywriting, I believe, within the creative industry. And he also does his real time notes, which are fantastic. Very funny, very creative. Go and check him out on Instagram too. That's going to be coming up. So, give us a shout, give us your feedback. I'm not going to hold back any further. Um, I'm talking to Rebecca Hendon, who is in London working from home. Now then. Oh god, hello. Faces, faces, faces. <laughs> oh god, how are you doing? I mean, just like totally miserable. Hold on, let me just quit WhatsApp so there's not like things in the background of my screen so I can focus. Quit Photoshop, quit everything. Um, yeah, no, pretty. I was, I had like a good day yesterday, but today is, I'm just totally miserable again. But yeah. I'm also hungover, so that's probably. You know, <laughs> oh, I get shocking hangovers when it comes to angst and all that stuff. I, I just struggle with it. Yeah, and normally, I mean, normally it's okay because it feels like a fake anxiety. Like, I don't know, you can just, it feels like you can just sort of like go and get rid of it. But like, it's just, I don't know, it's just, uh, you know, you know, it's weird. I know, yeah. It feels, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's false, but it's real still. It still, but it still yeah. does you in. <laughs> yeah. I just think this is like a weirder, it's a weirder way to be hungover, like under actual bad circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's, yeah. The hangovers have a way of pulling anything into the spotlight that's already imperfect. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, a friend of mine, used to before any big night out, he'd make sure the house was pristine, tidy. He'd like any any bills that needed paying, any like girlfriend issues, he'd sort them out. And he used to call it his mind ja- mind janitor. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good idea. The problem is though that that only works if you have sortable issues. Like if the issue is that the flat needs to be cleaned, or like you just need to chat to somebody. Like yeah. if they're more existential. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, then you it's just unsolve just... coronavirus before I get drunk, so that I don't. Don't wake up to it hungover. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, so the hair looks really good, by the way. I, I I genuinely haven't brushed it in two weeks, and it still I will cool. sometime later. But thank you. But but I can't help but feel like there's some kind of sneering cynicism there, given your tweet. Like, have you done it on purpose? The timing. Oh, you, the you mean the um the one I just put up? No, the quarantine haircuts that went mental. Oh. Um, oh yeah, the viral tweet. That was so weird. <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about haircuts because I had just gotten a haircut, oh, okay. <laughs> but I was actually just thinking like, I was genuinely like, this is like, it was just a thought that came into my head and I, it made me laugh because I started to picture like all the weird haircuts people would have. So, as you do, a good illustration. It'd be a, it'd be a great illustration. I mean, I feel like reality is going to be better than any illustration That's could true. be. Oh. Actually, that's true. I, I did an illustration yesterday of the scene outside my local co-op and, you know, just people standing, like, two metres apart. It was like some kind of weird game of, like, chess, like live yeah. chess. But yeah. but the real, the photo, I couldn't help but look at the picture and just think, that's better. Like, I, I can illustrate it all I want, but that photograph is just bleak. Yeah, yeah. I think with stuff like that, when the reality is so much on its own there's sometimes there's like no need to add like you know I always think illustration works better for when it's something that you don't actually see in real life that you're like I don't know when you can add something to it yeah maybe well yeah because that's the photography at its best isn't it and filmmaking is when it just tells it just it's just the window on that moment yeah yeah very much so and there's it'll it'll be interesting like photography over the next while I guess I just imagine there'll be like less of it out in the world and maybe like more I don't know I guess we'll just get like like I feel like what gets taken pictures of like the balance will change you'll just see a lot more of the inside of people's homes and stuff and that's where the reportage will be yeah I think so so okay so well so in terms of this whole idea which is um quite interesting getting inside the the homes and the minds of people locked away creative people what i've been kind of going with the thing of where were you as in what was your setup as in you know where were you working what were you up to where are you now and what might you change coming out the other side of this that you might not have changed otherwise yeah so before this i mean i've been freelance for a couple of years now um and like every once in a while i do in-house stints in places but they're like I mean, the, the longer ones, I, I finished up my last longer in-house stint probably, it feels like it, it was maybe like September or something the last time I was doing anything like long-term in-house stuff. And so from from then, I've pretty much just been at home. I have like a little home studio set up in my flat here. Mm-hmm. So I work from there, which is where I am now, and was just doing lots of different freelance jobs. Um, I have like I have a regular cartoon, political cartoon that I do for the New Statesman. Um, And so that was going on each week and continues to go on. Um, And a lot of the jobs, you know, I've been finishing up 
it's sort of what I was doing before now and what I'm doing now hasn't seemed to change that much. Like I, I haven't found that the type of work I do is particularly affected by what's happening. Mm. Um, other than now everything's about coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, cause I do a lot of editorial illustration and so any new editorial work coming in, every bit of new editorial work that's come in has been about coronavirus. All of my cartoons now are about coronavirus cause there's no other news that is, you know, in any way like, worth commenting on right now just as like there's nobody's talking about anything else mm -hmm. you sort of i think as a cartoonist you have to comment on what everyone's talking about yeah that will be coronavirus forever now <laughs> um and uh so that's really grim but you know at least you know what the news cycle is um yeah so it's sort of it's a lot the same i've had I, you know what actually i did have a new job come in yesterday that has nothing to do with coronavirus and it's like doing illustrations for um a podcast company okay, so that's cool. nice that it'll be nice that that has nothing to do with it yeah it is nice when something else of note comes up in conversation which has yet to happen for me but you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean in conversation it nothing else comes up but i guess there is still technically life out there beyond it and i think that <laughs> we're probably already at a point where people are gonna want a lot more distraction you know i think once we settle into the sort of new normal as it were yeah or we'll be I looking for things that just take them out of it i think so i think so i mean it seems like i mean just going by your social feeds and the likes it seems like things are going pretty well in terms of the freelance cartooning like i'm loving the guardian stuff thank you yeah I, I enjoy doing the guardian um that one is more sporadic than new statesman guardian seem to get in touch like roughly once a month yeah. give or take yeah to do something whereas the new statesman is every week um, and that is like quite a rewarding thing to do, if not quite stressful because of what's going on. Like I do find that, um, it's a little bit, it's yeah, like work is, work is going well enough so far, fingers crossed that it stays that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is a little bit full on to be working in a adjacent category to news journalism, all of that right now. Cause it means that you can't really choose to tune it out. And I feel like I have like at least one, if not many, many existential crises per day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was going to move on to that. So how do how were you finding the working from home thing before all this? And, and I'm guessing that's changed, but if so, why? Yeah. I mean, I was fine with it. Like, you know, I'm sort of like, like many people, like an introverted extrovert, extroverted introvert, like whatever the, you know, like I like both quite a lot in balance. Yeah. And so working from home was just a good way to balance that. You know, like you can go out and see people when you want to, you can stay in when you want to. Um, that worked well. Now it's just like a whole other level though. I mean, it, I guess what's the, if I'm to be optimistic about it or positive about it, it's less of a change if you start working from home into going into something like this, like fundamentally 80% of your life doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the bits where you would have gone out that are taken away. So it's not as much of a, I think that it's probably going to be a lot weirder for people who aren't used to this way of living. Cause there's like a whole, you know, I don't know, like there's a whole way to do it, I guess that you learn over time. Um, not to say that I'm good at it. I'm still really shitty at it. Like I don't take showers at like normal times or like get up at normal times or like work at normal times. I have a fundamentally like fucked up schedule, yeah. but you you learn to at least at minimum be like easier on yourself for allowing room for that if that's what you do that's true like i think today was the earliest i've brushed my teeth since all this which was 10 at 10 a.m that's um, so much earlier than i do <laughs> <laughs> well it's usually around lunchtime which is shocking but it's because i like a second coffee and i think well there's no i've got sugar in my coffee there's no yeah. point you know it's yeah. like and i'm just in this tiny room i'm not even seeing laura and the twins it's just like yeah. i'm just bolted away in there so i'm yeah. thinking well whatever <laughs> you know it's like yeah i completely get that 
<laughs> I just I brush my teeth in the shower, so like whenever the shower happens is when the teeth get brushed, and there is absolutely no schedule. I just don't don't seem to thrive on any sort of normalcy. Like I'll think I'll get into something for three days, and I'll be like, yeah, like I'm a person with a routine, and then like on day four, I'll just be like, you know what? I'm gonna get up at two p.m. Like, I don't see why not, because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I always remember going around Danny Allison's house, a good friend of mine, and uh, when he was working from home, and he answered the door in this in this ridiculous, long, uh, elaborate gown, and he had, like, a wool hat with flaps. This is in summer. He had wool hat yeah. with flaps, and he had these weird curled slippers that he got in Morocco somewhere, and, like, a lazy beard, and he looked like a com- complete, like, futuristic eccentric, like something from uh, 12 Monkeys or something like that. It was so funny. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I mean, it really does. Working from home gives you a lot of room to, like, experiment with style and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's it. So, so, uh, so, so it sounds like it's up and down for you in terms of this whole chaos and the change. Yeah. I mean, like, it's weird. It's, it's just mentally up and down, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, cause like I was saying, like, I guess not that much has changed, um, really. Uh, but mentally, it's just so much to handle. And I read a really good article, was it yesterday or the day before, uh, that was just talking about collective grief and how that's what we're sort of all going through right now. And it put into words a lot of what I think I've been feeling about it. It's the Harvard Business Review, like, I think for anybody who is interested in that, if you were to look up like Harvard Business Review Collective Grief, it's just like a really good succinct article on what it feels like, I think for most people. And it's because it's hard to put a name to what that feeling is of like being up and down and not really being about any one thing in particular. It's not like necessarily just being locked in or like necessarily just that there's people out there dying. Like it's just all, it's, it's a lot weirder and harder to define than that. But yeah, like I would say so far, I, so I started like doing the quarantine thing now a little bit over two weeks ago. Um, cause I think I, cause I spent so much time reading the news. <laughs> I sort of clocked what was happening a little bit earlier. So maybe have been like quite worried about this for about a month now. Um, and real and like knowing what was going to like knowing this was what was coming. Um, and so decided to go into lockdown just sort of like a week, a week and a half before other people. Um, cause I was like, it seems too dangerous to be out now. And since then it's been like, I think I felt like, 80% really shitty and 20% fine. Yeah. <laughs> like yesterday was yesterday was amazing. I had like a really good day and I was like, man, I think I'm over it. I think I've like hit acceptance for the new thing that we're going through. And then today woke up with this hangover and was just like, everything's terrible. <laughs> everything's the worst. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's very true. I, I'm, I feel quite, I feel like I've had a crash course myself because of like I'm eight weeks into new parenthood. So I wasn't doing anything anyway and I was working from home. So I'd have this big warm up session almost so you know so what i'm finding now is it's just a continuation of that except i'm now aware that if i want to do anything not that i can i can't (laughs) and there's something about that level of freedom being gone from it you know i think just knowing something is an option is a very different mental space to be in like whatever that thing is not whether it's you know socializing or leaving the house but just anything in life knowing it's there if you want it yeah means quite a lot i guess i think that's so true and and that Bring that, that reminds me of a conversation I had recently with another friend who's become a parent and he said one of the trickiest things for him was knowing that he didn't have the spontaneity to go, I'm going to go and do a photography mission in Berlin or whatever and get a cheap flight. It's We didn't ever do that. And I said the same to him. I, like, I would love to go back to Japan. I fell in love with the place. But I, I had four years of complete freedom to do that and I didn't do it. But it was yeah. like you said, it's knowing that it was the option, you know? Sure. And it's like, it's big things like that, but it's also just the little things like people that you might want to hang out with, you know, maybe these were people you actually really didn't see very much, but now that the option is gone, it just feels awful. 
Um, yeah, and, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know about you, but there seems to be this whole rash of people, you know, doing FaceTime parties and whatever else and, and kind of catching up with people they haven't spoke to in months before this. Oh, I do that. I've been doing that every single day. That's the only way that I've been staying sane is like, and it's been amazing because there is no limit to where people are. So, mm-hmm. you know, like last night, I spent last night drinking with a friend uh, in Norfolk and the night before that drinking with a friend in California like, you know, and the night before that, who was the night before that? I feel like there was a couple of friends in different parts of London the night before that, you know, it's just very like, it's different people and it's no longer limited by space. And what was really cool, it's like with the friend in California, like I haven't seen her in like over 10 years because I used to live in California. Mm. Um, and, you know, we'd like chat online, but we haven't like spoken in a decade. And, you know, we just ended up talking together for hours and it's, it does do that kind of thing. Um, so that's definitely good, but it, you know, not having the option to do all the other stuff, you know, I keep missing things that I keep getting really nostalgic, like for instance, listening to old music mm. because it makes me think of like concerts and just the ability to like be in crowds. And I'm just like, they never knew the Beatles writing that music in the sixties. They never could have predicted that. Like they thought it was bad then, but now we can't even get together and like hear music. <laughs> 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 That's a good point. Yeah, maybe it's only a matter of time before I start dragging the Legion United scrapbooks from 1997 down from the lofts. <laughs> Just like <laughs> one time, like, remember when we could watch football next to people? <laughs> it's so true oh god it's but it's that's part of the reason i started doing these things is because in a really selfish way it's an excuse for me just to talk to somebody interesting every day you know yeah. um, and keep that kind of networking side of things going that's that's gone temporarily um, but also just because I saw so much conversation online and so many people in various states of despair or panic or worry or fear and thought that if I can offer even the slightest little bit of solidarity and, you know, once again, like the podcast, it's just always about sharing that common conversation. It's Yeah, I think it's useful. It's definitely useful, like finding new ways to just be with people yeah. and to try to make it a little better. And I mean, this is day three, so, I, you know... <laughs> Day thirty, it's gonna like it's gonna be like the Danny Allisons with like the curled slippers answering answering, <laughs> answering the calls. <laughs> uh, it really will be. I've enjoyed reading diaries that people who have been living under under quarantine in Wuhan have been writing. Mm. I found that quite nice, like just to read the experiences of people who've been going through this for ages. And there's something that I found very, I don't know, the right word is not calming. It's not calming at all, but just like. And it also the wrong word is nice, but I just can't think of the right adjective. But there's something nice or calming or something about reading someone's experiences halfway around the world and how it just totally aligns with, you know, like what they're talking about just aligns with the way it feels, you know, for everybody. You know, it's like no matter where people are, the main thing they talk about is how it's a strain on their mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. It's, it's so common for, you know, no matter whether you're the, the most able-minded or, the you know, the, the, the healthiest person mentally or whether you really suffer, it's it's such a change to what we know that that's going to have some profound effect in some way yeah and just to see that kind of profound effect happening to so many people everywhere at once is pretty unprecedented because you know even in i mean not like i know anything about what it's like to live in wartime but you know with even in wartime you know sort of they are it's never happening everywhere it's happening in specific places Mm. i can't think of a precedent before the last pandemic or something you know which none of us were alive for um I guess, how old would you have to be now? 102 to have been a baby at that time. Yeah. But like, like, there's just no precedent for this where it is quite literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, yeah. Where, where have you been reading the blogs from Wuhan? I'd quite like to see those. 
Um, all over the place. Like a lot of stuff just gets posted and like on like social media or there's, I read one on Quora that really stuck with me where he was just like a daily diary of, you know, not any one specific place. Um, but yeah, I could send you the Quora link if you're interested. Cause I found that one very good because it was a combination of like some days he'd just be talking about his mental health and stuff like that. And then other days he would literally be talking about what was going on. So just talking about like the systems they were putting in place and mm-hmm. Wuhan to deal with stuff. And it was, and then some days he'd be talking about how he was like working together with his neighbors over the internet to like get food deliveries. Like it was just sort of, it covered everything. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Cause I've been writing, I've been writing these kind of fictional versions quite dark, really dark, but comedic, you know, it's kind of about people falling apart in really, I guess sometimes funny ways, but also quite dark, you know, about about relationships that that were perceived as fine suddenly three three days in somebody's pinned to the wall. You know, that kind of angle. He's about, yeah. Really short kind of third person things. But that's just you know, maybe maybe I should start reading these from overseas and start factoring that in as well. It might be quite interesting, some serious ones too. Who knows? Yeah, I mean I think that there's there's everything in it just to 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 take from these experiences. It is kind of funny in a way, but it's also really tragic and you know, I think I think one of the interesting specific to this world we live in now things is how like whatever has happened you can go on somewhere like Twitter and it will still just all be jokes about it really. Yeah. Even you know through the tragedy of it, you know, none of uh, uh, not too many flippant jokes. Luckily, I mean, those just aren't very funny. <laughs> but like, not. yeah, yeah. But you know, just finding the humor in it, and the way that there is a collective humor to be had in it, like I think, is an important thing to keep. It's helpful. It's cathartic. Um, oh, I think so. I think it's something. Um, it's important for everyone, but I think as, as British, there's a very dry humor that comes out of anything like this. And as you say, as long as it's done the right way, then it's 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 important. It's coping for me. It's always been coping. Creativity yeah. and humor combined has always been my way around the things that are too big for me to comprehend otherwise. Sure, I think humor humor. I, I definitely agree with humor. I've always with creativity. I've always found it a little bit like a weird relationship just because when I'm down, I find it really, really hard to do anything, much less make stuff. You know, it's hard enough just to move, mm. <laughs> much less draw or to make anything useful um but humor you know i think finding a way to to make a joke which is i think for you know for me i find that an easier thing to do than to make a picture it's easier to write a joke um and then to be able to engage with people through that humor because it then connects you with people too like it's specifically connective media medium humor is i guess if it can be called a medium and there's something nice about that it can be, yeah, it can, it can be empathised with, it can be related to, or it can be just enjoyed because it's so different to the way you see it. I think that's what's great about yeah. it. But also, I think that what I'm starting to observe from all of this through social media and through conversations with friends is that there, there are two, not two ways, but there are two extremes, I suppose. So I interviewed Craig, Craig Black yesterday for this, and he was very positive about you know the opportunities that weren't there before in terms of doing work, and he was able to, to function and to do that and to you know to to get on with it but then i'm also seeing a lot of people who are in your shoes too that, that actually really struggle to to create when they're in that headspace which yeah. is that's going to be really common too and i think it's it's interesting to see how everyone responds differently to that because yeah you know it's all well and good saying do this do that you've got time on your hands but my god if you're feeling shit as we know you know sometimes you just want to lie in your bed that's you know 
Oh, for sure. You want to do anything but use your mind and engage with what's inside of it. And and then also specific to this is that it is sort of this constantly updating news thing. And so it's hard just to pull away from following that, you know, to focus on something else. I am so impressed by people right now who are like saying that they're like reading books or like doing other things because I just sort of feel like, how? Like, I can't bring myself to walk away from it for longer than a certain amount of time. And once I'm in, I'm just back in for a while. And then, you know, if I'm not checking it, I'm on like WhatsApp. Like, I, I just keep my WhatsApp open all the time now. I got it on the desktop and I just like, I just never am off of it. So even if I'm not technically on it, I'm just like there because I'm just like ready to like send messages and get messages. And it, I just don't know how to disengage right now in this way that I would definitely normally not be doing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, every time I've come to message you about this podcast, you've just been there waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to get better at this because it looks like I'm online all the time, whereas I just haven't opened my desktop. So it looks like I'm ignoring people. Yeah. But I'm physically not there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on the, back, so back to the haircut thing on a lighter note. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, this is pretty thick already, and, and I'm already a bit worried. I've, I mean, I'm not going to hairdressers, it's as simple as that. And, oh. and we've got some dog clippers in the back of the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, that seems, I mean, sure. Is, wait, so is dog clippers, is that like a, is that like a level up from normal scissors They're for hair? They're kind of like just the same kind of trimmers as human hair, I think. Yeah. So, but Laura's, know, yeah. Laura's offered to do it and I'm like, I just don't know. And then the skinhead thing, I've not done it for about 10 years. I'm not afraid of doing it, but it feels... Yeah. I don't know. I almost want to wait and let it get a bit Captain Caveman before I actually make a decision. Yeah, I mean, you're quite short now, so you have some room, and I don't know how fast your hair grows. Like, I feel like this is a time for people who have slow-growing hair to, like, really have their moment, because I think that normally people with slow-growing hair complain a lot. They're like, oh, I wish my hair could grow long faster, and it's like, you know what? Take this moment for yourself. <laughs> yeah, the bald, <laughs> the bald people have won. <laughs> they really have. They really have. You know, or people who already just had like unruly hair can just go more unruly and lean more into that. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to experimenting with it, to be honest. Like, you know, I am, um, I'm one of the fast growing hair people. So I feel like it's, you know, I can, I have some room to like make mistakes and like two weeks later, it'll be fine. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So is that, so you talked about, you know, that ability to know that there's the option of doing these things that we might not necessarily do in times of freedom is, uh, do you think this is something you'll carry forward and remember as yes. opposed to getting out of this and forgetting and going back to that habit? No. Um, cause I think I was already good at it in some ways. Like I have a real, I'm really obsessed with like death and dying, not in a good way. I'm just like very scared of it. Um, and I'm like constantly convinced it's coming for me and everyone I love, um, <laughs> based on some real experiences I've had. So that's not out of nowhere, but because of that, I already sort of have this like, like life needs to happen now thing. I think maybe I had become a little bit complacent about that in, in recent times, but not out of not actually feeling that way more just because I think I've been like this year, I've been a bit depressed. So like that will knock you out of doing the things that you fundamentally believe you, you should be doing, even if you, you know, even if you believe them. So I, but I think after this, assuming I, I, I assuming that the depression doesn't hold afterwards, you know, and, and that, you know, we all just get let out and we can live again. I don't think I will ever forget this. Like, and I kind of, I hope that a lot of people won't, I hope, at least that the people that I'm surrounding myself with won't. I would like to think that I have like good people around me who are smart enough to not forget something like this. Cause I think it's going to be intense. Like I don't hate to make any predictions about how long it's going to go on for, 
specifically, but I think it's going to go on for a lot longer than most people think or have accepted in their head. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I'm in my head, I'm like this, I feel like best case scenario, this will be a few months, but you know, I'm, I'm also like in acceptance that it could be a year or longer. Like, I don't know. Um, but I think that in either of those cases, that's long enough that you'd be, you'd be really, you'd be really wasting experience if you didn't come out of that letting it stick with you and living a little bit differently. Like I definitely feel like I'm just going to do, I'm just going to like maybe take more risks, not like actual risky things. Like I'm not going to go, I don't know, like, like jump out of more planes, but like, you know, (laughs) just more like emotional risks maybe. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm the same. I completely agree. And like I mentioned about the, you know, the, the having the option but not having done it, it's time yeah. to do a few more of those things. I think coming out of this for sure, and you know, just to make sure that I do go and see those mates when it's easier to lay and watch Netflix in the evenings and little things like that. You know, yeah, uh, going to be yeah for sure. Or you know, even if you are, you know, maybe taking forward the the digital way of engaging too. So like doing more Skype stuff, you know, because I think yeah. it is hard to like it is hard to constantly be physically engaging with people. Like the reason we don't all go out more is because like a lot of people don't want to be out all the time. Yeah. But if you take advantage of the fact that you could do more socializing digitally on top of like the physical stuff that you do, you know, but also just really appreciating the moments that you're like every little thing, you know, being able to appreciate again, like walking past someone on the street and not being scared of them. Yeah. No, like, I've been holding my breath every time. Yeah, me too. And I go onto the, I walk into the road, like whoever is walking past me the other way, like I'm the one who, like, I'll just walk into the road and get away from them. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, just not being constantly worried while out walking around, for the one government allowed walk per day. <laughs> yeah, that's something I wanted to ask you because last time we, we we talked for this podcast, you you know you you talked very lovingly about your walking around the city and just wondering hey, how's that. Well, obviously that's going to change for the reasons we just talked about the stepping off the curb and, and everything else. But are you still able to get out and do that? Most, so I'm trying to. I'm getting this week. I've been every other day is the rate I've been hitting because at first for the first like week and a half, I, I think I went like nine or 10 days where I just didn't leave the house. Like I was too scared. Mm. Um, I just felt too nervous about it. Um, and I still some days do like, I'm really, really weirded out by the fact. So I live in this building where like, it's sort of a block of there's blocks of flats next to each other. I don't know what kind of building you call that, but in my specific door, you know, like to come in the front door of this place, there's like maybe 10 other flats that use this front door, mm. but it's a block of flats that all share a communal garden. So there's, I don't know how many people sharing one garden and I'm just a little bit weirded out by like how many people are still out, like mixing with each other in the communal garden and like coming in and out constantly. Like I can hear the front door. And so that's all making me very nervous because just anecdotally, I'm like, there's still so many people out and about like not paying attention to any of this, like just going about that doesn't make me feel safe being out. So there's some days I don't go for walks because I'm too scared to like go out my front door and even just, be in that communal front hall area for a minute because I'm just like there's been too many people here today and they've breathed <laughs> um but on the days where I have been able to like make myself go out um usually I need to like take an anxiety bill to do it um then I go for a walk and luckily because of where I live in London um there's some once you walk for a little bit you there's really not that many people so there's some areas that you can do the walks and and not be around people. And I have some areas which I won't go into because I don't want like I don't want anyone else to know about them. But you know, I have like my areas where I know to go and there's no one there. And they're very, you know, some nature areas and stuff and cool. Um 
Yeah, so it's possible, but it's still very nerve-wracking getting to the quieter areas and mm. does a lot of walking in the street. And Whereas normally I would do more, like you say, like urban walking, and I would make a point to go to places where there was loads of people because I like walking past people and looking at people, whereas now it's the total opposite. It's just like find the place with the least amount of people. Yeah, and completely. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate in that respect in that I'm in a suburb of Manchester and there are quite a few woods and green spaces around within short walks. And yeah. To the point where I even I worked in the woods the day before the lockdown was announced. I, I was doing some writing. I thought I can do the writing on the notes on my phone. I took a flask of coffee and the dog and just sat on some tree, you know, like a fallen tree. And thought, yeah. well, okay, this is something. I wouldn't have done this normally. I always liked the idea yeah. of it, but never did it. But, you know. Yeah. I know what you mean. There is you appreciate the things in life that you can still do totally normally that maybe weren't things you did before, like sit in nature. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to that. I thought you when you were saying a flask of coffee, I thought you were gonna be like a flask of whiskey and I was like, Yeah, same. That's like you <laughs> give it two weeks. <laughs> I've like been sober like one day of this and I never drank at home before this unless it was like after a night out, you know? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. Yeah, going to have some interesting new issues to deal with at the end of this from that. <laughs> It'll just be something else to work on. It'll be fun. I shouldn't laugh. I have such a dark sense of humor. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> no, I'm glad you laughed. I think so my, main, my main aim in life would be for more more laughter. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh. Especially for things. <laughs> Oh God! Have you have you uh, have you developed any bizarre like habits around the flat? Like I, I talked to my friend Kyla, who's based in New York, and she's in quite a small flat for the first one of these, and she's got like heavily into cooking, like crazily. So as as in every minute she's mm-hmm. not working, she's cooking these massive casseroles and just gone mental really? on that. Yeah. Wow. Um. No, I mean I don't really cook. I'm a huge microwaver big fan um even microwave my coffee <laughs> um so, so no to that but like I mean the weird the habits that are weird are just like hygiene things because I'm pretty hygiene obsessed during normal times so now I'm fucking nuts like you know just like a lot of hand washing a lot of I, I have like quarantine areas in the flat for things when they come into the flat so if like I, you know I get a delivery of something or um you know, like any, any new thing that comes into the house basically goes into quarantine. And I've like read the guidance on how long the virus can last on surfaces. And so I'm just like, I'll just, I'm just like, I know that on most things, it's only a couple of days, but like, I still, I think I feel comfortable with like 10 days. So I'll just like stick it in quarantine for 10 days. And I won't touch it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, you'll be the one laughing if it, if it pays off. <laughs> we I mean, so far still healthy, but yeah. You know, I don't know. It's so scary. It's so scary. Wait, do you? What do you have any like weird habits that? Not nothing weirder than normal. I mean, well, I mean, it used to be when I I haven't worked at home full time for a while now. But when I when I used to, I used to go around all the local supermarkets and shops, and I, I learned the times that things were marked down. So like the sandwiches were reduced. Yeah. And I used to do a certain circuit so I could hit all of co-op, ASDA, Tesco. Yeah. That was ridiculous. That that became That's that smart. became a thing. No, that's smart. That's like a, that, that, there's like nothing about what you've just said that doesn't make sense. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true, but it was more, it wasn't so much for the, I suppose I did love getting the bargains, but it was more, it, became, it felt like a bit of a scene. I actually saw the people quite regularly, which was ridiculous. But <laughs> Well, that's what happens though when you freelance. I think you do also, you kind of treasure the, the, the sort of fleeting, I don't know, interactions you have with people a bit, yeah, you know. That's true. I, yeah, like I'm feeling a little weird now about, you know, for instance, there's like a salon that I would go to pretty regularly that, um, you know, the woman who 
who, you know, I would go to there, I know that she was in the middle before this all happened of having to find a new space because she's like in the basement, you know, she's just, she does like beauty treatments in the basement of this other salon mm. and being kicked out of there. And so she's in the middle of trying to find a new place. And so all of a sudden, you know, one week after seeing her like every week for like years now, like, you know, I just stopped going in and I don't know, I mean, you know, when this is all over, I'll try to track her down again, but I don't know like where she'll be. And, you know, I, you start to think about just like those little interactions you have with people, you know, like maybe I'd interact with her for 15 minutes once a week, every week though. And like, what happens to people like that when the world goes a little crazy? Like with the the relationships you have with them, they're sort of like half relationships. (laughs) It's true. I mean, the, the, the daily dog walking circuit has been blown apart. You know, yeah. you you start to know about somebody's extension and like whose kids been kicked out of school and things yeah. like that. And it's and actually, you know, there's been a few genuine friendships made on that dog walk. And and as for the poor dog, he's not seen any of his mates. <laughs> it's sad for the dog. Dogs are really the real victims. Not <laughs> it's true, you know. Yeah, yeah. At risk of taking this to a very grim extrapolation of it, you know, I think that this is. I started thinking about stuff like this back, back, you know, like ten years ago or so. A little but years ago I had somebody very close to me die and one of the weird things about the aftermath of that death was I was like do I go around to like his local shops where they all knew him and like tell him that tell them that he's dead like you know mm-hmm. like what do you like you know what because I, I don't know I guess it doesn't really matter but like at the same time like you know all of a sudden there's you know it was as regular for them as it was for the other person and like you know are they going to wonder forever what happened to that person do they even care like what is it I don't know yeah that's interesting that yeah, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, that'll probably result in some fiction at four AM now when I'm changing a nappy. <laughs> oh, sure. I think there's going to be a lot of fiction to come out of this. I've already I've had my first ever idea for fiction yesterday. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I just had this concept that came into my head that I was like, this isn't really an illustration. Whatever I'm thinking of right now, it's like bigger than that. I have to figure yeah. out something to do with it. Have you ever done any writing? I think you'd be a really interesting writer. Thanks for thinking that. Um, I've done some like shorter writing, you know, little bits for like BuzzFeed and stuff when I used to work there. Um, and, but other than that, just stuff for myself. But yeah, like I think it would be interesting. I've never written fiction ever, only real stuff. So that is a muscle that has never been stretched. <laughs> cool. I'll be curious to see it. Cheers to Rebecca for that um, predictably hilarious, deep and um, interesting conversation. I, I love her work to bits of personality or attitude um great person to talk to so go and check out all the work have a chat she's quite prominent on twitter at the minute as she said you know coping through digital connections with people i think there's a lot of us doing that at the minute and i want to hear your stories too so get in touch get some feedback um sh- please share the word for the podcast thanks to everyone who's done so so far i noticed um katie cowan from creative boom had shared one of the tweets which is very kind um well let's try and help each other out so go and have a listen to katie's podcast which is fantastic it's the creative boom podcast very fresh out of the traps but if you like this kind of stuff and you want to hear more from the creative industry katie is fantastic she's got a background in broadcasting and she's got a whole lot of great guests uh, a couple of people on there who are alum- alumni from this show as well people from the manchester scene likes of jane boyer who are a fantastic interview so do go and check that out also thanks again to the supporters the association of illustrators who you can find at the aoi.com um illustrationx.com my illustration agency and fantastic support of the creative industry go and take a look at their work also uh stay safe stay happy as happy as you can be uh, and if you're feeling sad get in touch reach out to a very kind creative community and uh, and don't be too quiet don't be too silent in these times i think it's unprecedented for all of us so don't feel ashamed about feeling shit about feeling vulnerable about being eccentric about responding in however 
the hell you, you respond because none of us know what's going on from the government to the hospitals to the public to anyone so us you know creative people are just kind of this camera this will this lens on it all in many senses and i think we're gonna have a really important role to play coming out the other side of this so in that respect go back and listen to craig black's episode who hits on the importance of thinking ahead as much as possible so dealing first of all with the short-term survival that we all have to think about but also about how you're going to come out the other side of this and how you can offer new value to clients who are going to have to change the model of their business um just from the knock-on effect so interesting stuff and i'm excited about doing more of these so do keep checking in soundcloud.com forward slash arrest mimics at arrest mimics on the social and you can listen on all the good podcast platforms from spotify to itunes and google podcasts and stitcher uh, stitcher if you want to listen offline when you're out on your run or your walk or your daily exercise so cheers for listening guys thanks for the support take care see you soon